Lord, even as we have sung, Lord, yes, we just confess once again our need of you. Lord, unless you do a work inside of us, Lord, we are absolutely powerless, impotent, O Lord, to rot anything in and of ourselves, O Lord. Therefore, I pray, Lord, even as we, Father, learn from your word, speak to our hearts. Lord, it's your word, and therefore, Lord, we just surrender ourselves and we ask you to anoint us all, all of us, with the Spirit of the Holy God, that we will be able to hear and we'll be able to speak, we'll be able to learn of you, because you said, O oh Lord, in your word, that the anointing will teach you all things, and therefore teach us this evening your word, show us your ways, teach us your paths, lead us into the way of everlasting life, grant us grace to that end, we pray. We thank you, we commit this time into your hands, in Jesus' name, Amen. So, let's... Uh, uh, Thank God for, for once I'm able to use my super device. I just love this. <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite devices. Okay, let's um, look at Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20. And I want to uh, look at one particular verse which, uh, which just touched me. Even as Pastor was sharing on Sunday, it just came out of the screen and, you know, it almost gave me a punch like that, no? You know, words have that power. So, um, so arrested you. Now, this, before I go there, I'll, I'll just read one verse uh, from Second Chronicles chapter twenty, and you can follow it in your own Bibles. I'm reading it in the NASB translation. Second Chronicles chapter twenty and verse twenty. <clears throat> uh, so they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, uh, and as they went out. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, uh, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. And believe uh, his prophets, and you shall prosper. So, of course, uh, when he's talking about believing in the prophets, we understood also, we, we know that from Sunday. He's talking about the message of the prophet. Believe in the message that comes from the prophet. And when you believe, you will prosper. And when you believe in the Lord, you will be established. You will be built up. You will be, you'll be made strong. Uh, and uh, very, very important for us to understand that, uh, if, you, if you don't have to turn there, it says in Ephesians chapter 2 that uh, the church is being built up on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and Jesus Christ himself is a chief cornerstone. Okay, so there is a church which has two significant pillars the apostolic ministry, which is the establishment, uh, establishing of the doctrine of uh, in the church, and the second thing is the prophetic ministry, primarily, which essentially uh, brings us back to the path established by the apostles when we stray. So, corrective uh, ministry, okay, predominantly, not, not necessarily uh, all the time that way, but predominantly, it is a it is a message of bringing us back to to the path where God has established for us. To see the way God sees, and sometimes therefore prophets are called what? Seers. Okay, just keep that in mind. Okay. So we need, we need both. We need the prophetic eye, 
and we need the doctrine of uh, of strong foundations that is the that is both the apostolic ministry and the prophetic ministry and of course everything built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ the work of Jesus on the cross all right so so that is what we we are looking at here and therefore he says uh, believe in the lord jesus christ and you will be established and believe in his prophets and you will prosper and in this context who is the prophet Okay, that's some, that's very interesting, right? That is where I was arrested, no? When, when I looked at the prophet. You see, if you read the, uh, Matthew chapter 13 and Mark 4, don't have to turn there, and Luke 8, where we have the parable of the sower, you have the seed uh, of the word of God bearing fruit. Okay. And again, Mark's gospel chapter 4, it says, it says that the kingdom of God is like somebody who sows seed. And he sleeps in the night. And he gets up in the morning and suddenly, what does he see? He sees, and he says, Hare, how did this happen? That's exactly what the word of God does. What does the word of God do? It takes over you. It does something in your life. Therefore, it says in Second Thessalonians, the word of God has the power to work in those who believe you're taken over by the message. No, no, remember the, the, the Ninevites, uh, Jonah said, 40 days and Nineveh is over. Repent or perish. And after the prophet disappears from the scene, he goes and sits there noticing what is going to happen and he is expecting judgment. After he preaches the message, the prophet disappears, the message takes over. You understand what I am saying? The message takes over and from the least to the greatest and every beast, they come and they repent and you know how God Response to that 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 revival or repentance that happens in in uh, in in Nineveh. So uh, so the message takes over. So it doesn't matter who's the vessel. The message once the message is preached, the vessel disappears, and if you believe, the message will take over in your life, and it'll begin to bear fruit. It'll begin to profit you. Okay, that's the reason why it says in Hebrews chapter four. The message that they heard did not profit them because they did not mix it with faith. And what we need, therefore, is the profiting of the message in our lives. And we are all people who are looking for profit. Now, it's good to look for profit. How do we selfish? Lord, why is this not happening in your life? No, you have to say, Lord, let this work in my life. Let the message take over. Let me be taken up by the message that I heard. No, but who's, that's the remarkable thing. So it doesn't matter who's preaching or who's sharing. You just allow the word of God to work in your life. Even if it's simple, even if it's complex. So here I want to look at the vessel that is being used. No, God can use anybody. Okay, God can use anybody. And that is what I get from this verse. Okay, let's look at my that, that favorite verse which I was talking about, uh, which just kind of arrested me. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 14. Who is the prophet in this situation, in this particular context? So remember the, the context, if you uh, re- remember the Sunday message, uh, Jehoshaphat calls all the people together and they assemble together and they all, uh, you know, uh, they are praying and seeking the face of God and they are all together in the assembly. And then in that assembly, the Spirit of God comes upon a particular person. Okay, so let us le- read that verse. Uh, it's found in Second Chronicles chapter 20 <clears throat> and verse 14. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, Son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. Okay. 
that's the message today okay you exposed this my message is over the spirit of the lord came upon jehaziel son of zechariah son of benaiah or benaiah son of j e i e l or j e l it was very difficult to pronounce it's actually yahiel son of mathaniah a levite of the sons of asaph in the midst of the assembly so let me explain the first lesson what when i look at that verse one lesson i learned is god can use anybody and the spirit of the spirit of the lord you know it's like this no the wind passes wherever it wills right uh, nicodemus comes right the wind comes wherever it will you do not know when where it has come and where it has gone but you know the effect it has upon you so is everyone who is born of the spirit now, something similar is happening in other words god can touch anybody that's a first lesson look at doesn't matter who that person is the simplest of the simple people can be used by god because this person again he is never again mentioned in the bible so that's the first lesson i learned now how did you come to that conclusion which are you last what does it mean oh just because uh, some interesting genealogy is mentioned and you have come to the conclusion that god can use anybody how did you come to the conclusion let me let me give you an example okay to understand this context when i say <clears throat> secretariat do you know where it is the moment i say secretariat your immediately in your mind's eye you are having the map of hyderabad and you know exactly ravindrabad ikkada you have birla mandir planetarium here you have police control room over here you know exactly where secretariat is okay locations are precise when i say charmina you know which was to take also you know okay <laughs> my dad <laughs> <laughs> okay so you know you know, when i say salarjang museum you know okay when i say donald trump you know you even i say modi you know you know i say rafael nadal you know you know when i say federer you know you don't have to give him any introduction everybody loves raymond or rather knows raymond okay everybody knows him okay but if i say chandana's home chandana's home Oh, she first of all she never told us she she says she says uncle i am from this village where is the village it is in telangana state where, where in telangana state it is in such and such a district where in that district in such and such a mandal where in that mandal next to this uru next to this uru at least i have to give you 25 coordinates to zero in all to her location you are it okay that means because nobody knows her what if i say elijah tishbait nobody even he is a numero you know prophet everybody knows elijah okay elisha son of shafa that's enough okay i was doing a study on that okay elisha son of son of shafa isaiah son of amos uh jeremiah son of hilkiah ezekiel son of buzite amos one of the shepherds from tekoa oh tekoa nice place habakuk Micah, Micah, Micaiah or Micah, Micah, Micah from Elkosh, from the city called Elkosh. The prophet, Mike Malachi, the last prophet. Everybody knows. So when you look at all these guys, 
maximum if you turn if you turn to i think it's uh, if i have looked at two two prophets okay turn to micah no micah yeah i think yes micah how many genealogies of micah are mentioned let us see uh not micah uh, let me see let me see let me see just give me a minute zephaniah sorry zephaniah look at zephaniah look at what it says zephaniah chapter 1 verse 1 okay the word of the lord came to zephaniah son of cushi okay one coordinate okay son of gedaliah coordinate number 2 son of amariah coordinate number son of hezekiah coordinate number 4 okay let us see another zechariah we everybody know zechariah son of berechiah son of iddo 3 right, this is actually two coordinates But when you come to this guy jezeel j what sorry jezeel <laughs> son of menaniah son of jeel son of metaniah Okay, oh sorry. So Jehel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, son of Jeel, son of Mattan. How many coordinates? Six. One of the sons of Levites of Asaph. Six coordinates. But why? This fellow is like, Konere bhaiye. Okay. Ah, you have to search. Oh, this guy prophesied, and Jehoshaphat the king believed and obeyed. and jehoshaphat king says and points out to this guy and says believe in the lord jesus christ and you will be established believe in his prophets and you will prosper this is the prophet is referring to that's the first lesson i learned and it boss god can use anybody okay but to make a jazael jazael kar kya baba jazael to make a jazael he has to be a son of zakaria Who is the son of Benaniah? Who is the son of Jael? Who is the son of Metaniah? Who is the son of the Levites of Asaph? That means he is a fruit. Son of means fruit, no? Son of below the fruit, fruit of uh, the fruit of the womb is your reward. He is the fruit of a deep work that God does in our lives. And what is that? work that god does there are six layers of work god does in order to make a jezeel who is anybody and he can do any, if you surrender to that work in your life god can use you that is a point okay so let us look at these these meanings of these words okay what is the meaning of the word jezeel jezeel means beheld of god son of zechariah everybody should know zechariah whom the lord whom the lord no 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 ah whom the lord remembers very good benaniah whom the lord has built up the lord means yahweh yahweh has built up j j e i e l whom the god has swept away god sweeps away metaniah the gift of yahweh and asaph is a gatherer okay who gathers who is for me is not against me who is not against me or is not a forward born me is not not is is against me who does not use not against me he is doing what he is gathering and who is against me is scattering okay so asaph is a picture of jesus okay so but we before we go there i want to look at each of these characters to understand what is that person what is the fruit that god is looking at what is the word jazeel mean 
See, every word in the Bible is not, whenever he is giving you such specific coordinates, you ought to just stop there and dig deeper and you will have a mind. Okay, look at what he says. Jehaziel means the one upon whom the Lord looks. Okay, it also means a person who looks unto God, both. Okay, the eyes of the Lord are upon everybody. But not everybody's eyes is upon the, ah. You understand what I'm saying? So this guy is a person upon whom the Lord looks at and we, this guy is also a person who has a desire to look upon God. So that is a person. That is a fruit. Ultimate fruit that is being produced. But how does this come? Right? How does this come? <clears throat> Turn with me to uh, Isaiah chapter 66 verses 1 and 2. <clears throat> Everybody knows this very well. Okay. Can I read it in my Bible? If you are there already. I'm reading from the NASB. Okay. Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where then is a house that you can build for me? And where is a place that I may rest? And then look at this verse. Beautiful, powerful. For my hand has made all things, does all things come into being, declares the Lord. But, to this one I will what? Look upon a man who has got a humble and a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. Okay. So that is what he's looking at. That is what Jesse means. This man is upon whom is, you know, it's like the, he says, Lord, I have nothing good apart from you. You and you alone. If you do not show me your face, I die. Absolutely a broken man who has got no other dependence but God. But, so in, in order for us to have this kind of a relationship with God, where God looks upon us and we can look upon God, what needs to happen, right? If you turn to Isaiah 59, verse 2. Okay, Isaiah 59, verse 2. Let's read verse, verses 1 and 2, actually. Let me read the verses 1 and 2. Behold, the Lord's hand is not short that it cannot save. Nor is here ear so dull that it cannot hear. But what has happened? But your iniquities have separated, uh, have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face. That he does not hear. You see, he doesn't, he can't look at your sin. The one thing that God cannot Look upon a sin in our lives. That is the first thing. That is what Jehaziel means. A man who has got this continuous communion with God. Stop breathing and you die. Right? Stop having communion with God. You are dead. Spiritually. That is the reason why one of the churches it says, I think it's Sardis. It says, you have a reputation that you are alive, but you are dead. There's no, there's no communion between you and me. You don't look at each other's face. So think, think about it. No, when am I not able to look into somebody else's face? When there is something between them. There's some kind of a problem, right? Why is he not able to look into my face? Something is wrong there. If he's not able to look into your eyes and he's trying to evade, in the closest of relationships, it happens. Husband and wife. 
and they just uh, look at each other and they just they just give them uh, sometimes they give the stare so this that, that something is going on there there's there is a block and unless that block is lifted up you cannot have communion this guy is the one who says lord without communion with you i'm gone without you i can do nothing see uh, i remember one man of god no he says um i need to take communion every day so he has he has a daily time of devotion he gets up Three in the morning, all saints, great saints of God. Three in the morning, four in the morning, he gets up, he spends time in the word of God, devotions, etc. And after he finishes his devotion, you know how he ends his devotion with communion. He breaks bread and he says, you know, Lord, unless this becomes life. But, but he makes a very interesting statement. He says, you know what? A lot of people, they fear, if I get up early in the morning and if I work, I mean, if I spend so much time, will I have the strength to sustain the rest of the day? You know what he says? You do it by faith and you take communion. God will strengthen you through the day. You see? That is what communion is. That is what breaking of bread is. What happens? You remember in, 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 in uh, Luke's Gospel chapter 24, when did the eyes open at the breaking of bread? What is the breaking of bread? The separation between God and man has been done. The veil has been torn. And now you can have communion with him. See, okay, so, so how do we, how do, how are we able to, uh, to have communion with him? It says in Isaiah chapter 53, it says, Isaiah, we all know this verse, verses, verses 5 and 3, Isaiah chapter 53 verses, verses 5 and 3, but he was pierced through for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, the chastising for our well-being, the chastising or the chastisement for our peace, it says in some other translations, in NISV says, the chastising for our well-being was fell upon him and by his stripes or scourgings, we are healed all of us like sheep have gone astray each of us has turned to his own way but the lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall upon him so in other words you know what god did in order for us to have that unbroken communion with him so that he will not turn away his face from us you know what he did he turned his face away from his son so that we can have that unbroken communion with him and so now how can you look at look at jesus and have uh, rather have god how can you have uh, unbroken communion with god turn with me to romans chapter beautiful verse romans chapter 5 please romans chapter 5 verse 11 romans chapter 5 verse 11 <clears throat> romans chapter 5 verse 11 Verse 10 and verse, verses 10 and 11. Look at what I'm, I'll read it in my translations, okay? For if while we were enemies of God, in other words, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more th- now that, ha- that having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. More than that, how, what do we do? We rejoice or we joy in God. Other translations will use the word. We joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ by him, by whom we have uh, received the word, the atonement or the reconciliation. You see, now we are able to have communion with God because God turned his face away from his son so that he can accept us and can have communion with us. So in order for us to really, really have a communion with him, you know what, we need to become a Jehaziel. You know what the word Jehaziel actually means? A man who wants this unbroken communion with God. But how can we have an unbroken communion with God? This is what it says. Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10. Look at what it says in Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10. Beautiful verse. Everybody should know this. But anyways, if you didn't, if you forgot, look at what it says in Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10. Can I read it? If you found it? Yeah. Shall I read it? 
Okay, it says, I will pour out on the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication so that they will look upon me whom they have pierced and they will mourn for him as one mourns for for an only son and they will weep bitterly over him like the bitter weeping for a firstborn. What happened in Egypt? When the firstborn died, there was a bitter weeping around all of Egypt. That's a significance. The firstborn of, of God's only son was killed. And when you weep, when you mourn, what does it say? Blessed are those who mourn over their sin, for they shall be what? Comforted. How is it possible? When you look upon him, when you look upon him whom you have pierced. Sorry. <clears throat> so, so uh, is, is, this, is this talking about Jesus? And everybody says, is this talking about the crucifixion of Jesus? Of course it's talking about the crucifixion of Jesus. Turn to John's Gospel chapter 19, verses 32 onwards. Let me read that verse for you. 32 to 37, John's Gospel chapter 19, verses 32 to 37. Uh, it's there in my Bible. I'm reading from my Bible. You can follow it in your Bible. So the so- soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man and of the other who was crucified with him, that is with Jesus. But coming to Jesus, when they saw that they had already, that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers, what did he do? Pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water came out. And he who has seen, uh, and he who has seen has testified and his testimony is true. And he knows that he's telling the truth so that you may also believe. For these things came to pass to fulfill the scripture. Not a bone of him will be broken. And again, another scripture which says, they shall look upon him whom they have pierced. In other words, when you look upon Jesus, when you trust in the finished work of Christ, you know what happens? There's a communion which is established between you and God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the reason why, you know what? You have access by faith into the grace, into the grace upon which we stand. Why? Because Jesus died for us. You know, that is the reason why Paul's entire vocabulary in the New Testament changes. You know how he forms sentences? I, I th- thanks be to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Is always through Jesus. You can only approach God and have communion with him because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Unbroken communion. It is possible. But how do we have continuous fellowship? That's the second thing. In order for us to behold God continuously. We sang that song, the last song. What does it say? What does it say? Take my heart, form it. Take my mind, transform it. Transformation. Somebody started a new Christian school in Hyderabad. He's a pastor. You know what he called his uh, school? Metamorpho. I thought, that is pastoral. <laughs> Metamorpho. What is metamorpho? Transformation. In other words, he's saying, parents, if you send your children into my school, they will be transformed. You see? Okay? Hopefully into the likeness of Christ. That's what it means. So, so we have to continuously behold him, have unbroken communion with him so that we can have what? You know, that his nature to be imparted in us. But how is that possible? Two things have to happen. First, turn to Hebrews chapter 12 verses 14. Let's look at what? Two things have to happen. In order to have unbroken communion with him. Two things have to happen. Actually, there are not two things. There is one thing which has two components. Are you there, everybody? Read it in your Bible and I will read it in my Bible. First, uh, yes, Peter, since you got the coordinates, you can read it. Yeah. Follow peace with all men, with all men and holiness. And holiness. Without which no man can. Okay, without which no man can. 
see the Lord. Okay? Follow peace with all men. Other translations. Pursue. Let me read it with my Bible. Okay, this is the NASB. I liked it a little, a little bit. Read what it says. Pursue peace with men. No. All men. Ante evvartho gudalu pettu koku. As much as possible inside of you live at peace with all. Why is this significant? I'll tell you. You should always always relate, relate in terms of communion, right? It's, it's it's impossible, right, to have communion. It's, it says, right, when you come to the to the offering table and you offer your gift, and there you remember that your brother has something against you, not you have something against your brother. Your brother have something against you. Go and first get reconciled to your brother. Get that relationship straightened with your brother, and then come and offer. Your gift. Otherwise that will not be acceptable. So there's something. Pursue peace with all men. And you know my translation in what it says. Beautiful. Pursue peace with all men. And the sanctification. It's not just sanctification. And the sanctification. Without which no one will be able to see the Lord. Now as I said. There's one thing that we need to do. Which has two components. First we have to pursue peace. And with uh, and with God, we need to pursue holiness. What is it? Why Why should we pursue? How do, how do we pursue holiness with God? In simple. Sanctify or separate them. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. In the moment you start accepting the truth of the word of God and change accordingly, you're being continuously set apart for God. That is sanctification. And as a result of that, something else is also happening. It says in First Peter chapter 3, look at, look at this, this is a powerful verse. Uh, I'm reading from First Peter chapter 3, verses 8 to 12. Five verses, First Peter chapter 3, verses 8 to 12. I'm reading from the ESV translation. You can also follow it in your Bibles. ESV. <clears throat> Finally, all of you have unity of mind. Bah. Have Think the same way. Okay. Have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love or brotherly kindness, a tender heart and a humble mind. That's a different verse, a different message altogether. And then verse 9. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. Okay. Now that blessing is given in the next verse. What is the blessing? It starts with a, Dr. Richard? For. Thank you. For. Okay. For means because whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil. Please ask God, Lord, enable me never to speak anything evil against my brother. Give me the grace. To have the mind of Christ so that I will not speak evil against my brother. Second, and his lips from keeping, uh, from speaking deceit. Verse 11, let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and what? Pursue it. Pursue peace with all men and holiness with God. And they're, they're, both, they're the same. And look at verse 12. How does it start Dr. David again? Dr. Richard? Four. <laughs> you see that? Because, because the... Ah, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. You see, peace with men and holiness with God. And what do I do with peace with the I have to pursue it, boys. 
In other words, if I have something against a brother or something against me, I have to apologize. Apologize to your wife as many times as possible. Even, even if you are the only person who is saying sorry, say sorry. Let the deposit of sorry credit increase. Sorry, just in case. Why? Just in case. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, the deposit of sorry. Just be that, have that, Baba. If I have done something against you, I am sorry. I remember Shibu, no? With those days. Wow, I can never forget that guy. <laughs> the man. So, I said, something his son did to his neighbor. Okay. In the middle of the, just before the Bible study started, immediately went and knocked at his door. Brother, I'm sorry, not, not brother. Uh, so I think his name was some Sanjay Sanjay. I'm sorry, Caleb did this. Please, please, please forgive me. Are Shibo, to kya kar yaar chhod de. Sorry. You say, pursue peace with all men. That is jazziel. You know why? Because I want to have what? It is not about that person. It is about God. That is the reason why David says, you know what? Lord, my communion with you is broken. Joy is gone from my life. Because I did not sin against Uriah. I sinned against what? You. I need to have that unbroken fellowship with you. You got that everybody? So, 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 so keep that, keep that in your mind. So that is, that is the basis of our hope. You see? So first part is pursue peace with all men and holiness with God. So in, for, in order to do, in order to pursue holiness with God, what should I do? Listen to the word and obey it. Sanctify them by the truth and word is truth. So give yourselves opportunities more and more to listen to the word of God. Baba, these are simple things. You know, the most difficult things to do are the simple things. Have you seen, uh, how many of you wrote computer program? Right, sure. Raise your hands up in the air. Okay. All the shameless coders. <laughs> okay. You see, in his look at computer program, when you look at one line, for i is equal to 1 to 10. It's very simple. But, you know, the entire computer program is made of simple, 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 simple sentences, right? You complex problem, you divide it into simple, 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 object oriented program. Okay, for people who understand what I'm talking about. Simplify those things. Simple things. Do it over and over again. Okay. And you come to sanctification. It's a process. It's a process of reaping a harvest of sowing in the listening and the sanctifying work of the truth in your life. Okay. But then what is the hope? Why? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this, Baba? 1 John chapter 3 verses 1 onwards. 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 onwards. Okay, can I read it? Okay, for my, for my translation, this is NASB. See how great, what manner of love is other translations? How great a love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. So what do we sons of God mean? We bear his image. Right? We should be called the sons of God and such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us. Why is the world that does not know us? Because we are sanctified. We are what? Set apart from the world, right? Because it did not know him. And the next verse too. Beloved, now we are the children of God and it has not yet appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him as he is and everyone who has this hope, what? Purifies himself as he himself is. Pure, why? Because the pure in heart shall see his face. See his face. 
ultimately i want to have that fellowship that day i want to look at the face of jesus and there is no shame <laughs> completely clothed in his righteousness alone faultless to stand before the throne on christ the solid rock i stand all are the ground is sinking sand that is the reason why all the, moses had that prayer lord i want to see your face and what did god say nobody can see my face and live you know what john wesley said if i can't see your face and live then let me see your face and die only John Wesley can write. I wrote that. I mean, that's my one of my hymns which I wrote. Look at the stanzas of power, the power of poetry. Okay, to thee, great God of love, I bow, and prostrate in thy sight adore. By faith I see thee passing now. I have, but still I ask for more. A glimpse of love cannot suffice my soul for all thy presence, Christ. If I cannot see thy face and live, then let me see thy face and die. Moses, thy backward parts could view. But not a complete sight can see. The gospel, thy fullness, is able to show me the fullness. You know what? And it says, the dead to sin shall find thy grace. The pure in heart shall see thy face. If I cannot see thy face and live, then let me see thy face and die. And look at the last one. Surrounded by the saints of old, we now by faith approach to thee. Shall all with open face behold in Christ the glorious deity. Shall see and put the Godhead on the nature of thy sinless son. If I cannot see thy face and live, then let me see thy face and die. That is John Wesley. No wonder that man, he had this desire in his heart. So many thousands of miles on horseback. And once upon a time, if you would have slept more than two or three hours in a day or four hours in a day, he said, Lord, I'm becoming very unholy today. And you know, for for a period of time, it says it says in one of his, uh, uh, I think it's a legend. I don't know if it's true or not. It says that he was not really getting persecuted, and he was saying, "Lord, it says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness." I'm not, I'm not being persecuted. I'm really on the right path. And suddenly, somebody threw a brick on him. It hit him on his head. He said, "Thank you, Jesus." <laughs> you see, these these are, these are the kinds of people. They wanted to have this unbroken communion with God. Therefore, they could write, "If I cannot see Thy face and live." Let me see thy face and kya baat hai. That is the reason why it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Why this is important? 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. But we all with what? What face? Unveiled. What is unveiled face? Baba, jobi pretenses ko nikalo pele. Mask ko nikalo. Take away your mask. Unveiled face. Beholding as in a mirror. What is a mirror? The truth. Scientify by the truth. Okay. The face, the glory of the Lord are being transformed, metamorpho, okay, transformed into the same image from glory to glory. That means it's a slow process, but it is a process. So that one day, you know what? You see the face of God. I mean, you see the face of Moses and you say, Boah, please cover yourself, Baba. The glory of God is upon him. And I remember one brother two years back or three years back, no? Um, Zach Punan was in his town. Okay, it's the brother's brother Pradeep from Sharjah, you know, Pat- Patricia and his, yeah, yeah, Lena's husband, no? He visited, uh, that meeting, he went to that meeting where Brother Zakman was preaching, it was 75 or plus. And you know what he came, he came back and he said, Brother Vijay, you have to look at his face. It's glory of God you can see in his face. I said, boy, I had tears in my eyes. I said, Lord, one day I want to be like that. The glory of God is seen in his face. Okay, 
So, but who's this, this man? Who's this he? Who's your son of? Son of? Zechariah. <laughs> you see, what does the word Zechariah mean? Whom the Lord remembers. What does it mean? Is a, he's a product of a covenantal relationship with God. You see, to establish this, please go to Exodus chapter 2 verse 24. The Lord remembers, right? Exodus chapter 2 verse 24. Read that. And somebody else can uh, pick Psalms 105 verse 8 and verse 42. <clears throat> Exodus chapter 2 verse 24. And God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Lord, I don't have communion with you and you're groaning in your spirit. And what will the Lord remember? Remember the covenant that he has made with you. I have not made an old covenant. I have made a new covenant with you. And I will write my law on the tables of your heart. And cause you to walk in my ways. That is the covenant that I made with you. And I will visit you. Because I will remember my covenant. Because it's a promise that I will, that will never fail. Because I made that promise. And all promises are what? Yes and amen. Where? In Christ. As, and therefore there is therefore no what? Condemnation for those who are. In Christ Jesus. That is the reason why. Turn to first, second Peter chapter 1 verse. Therefore we need a promise. Every one of us. Have, we, all, we all have general promises. And we need what, what promises? We need specific promises. Look at what it says. Second Peter chapter 1 verses 3 and 4. Okay. You, 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 you're waiting on the Lord to work in your life, Baba. That is what it means for Zechariah. For, for the Lord. You know the priest Zechariah. How many years he waited. And he never stopped. Praying and the Gabriel and the angel Gabriel says, the Lord has heard your prayer. And you know, both his husband and wife, if you look at read the prayer, the, the, the prophecy of Zechariah and Mary, no, not Mary, what's her name? Elizabeth. Elizabeth, yeah. Elizabeth, it says, it says, the Lord remembers his mercy, is what Elizabeth will say. And you know what Zechariah says, the Lord remembers his covenant, is what Zechariah will confess. Okay, but anyways, let us, so we need a promise. God is a God who keeps his promises. And thank God, no, he's not like me. Daddy, please come home by seven. I'm so many times I've disappointed her. No, <laughs> she's looking at me like that. <laughs> you see, Second um, Peter chapter one verses three and four. Look at what it says. His divine power, yeah, has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who has called us, called us to His glory and excellence, by which He has. Granted to us exceedingly great and not just promises, not just precious promises, not just great precious promises, exceedingly great and precious promises so that through them we might be made partakers of the divine nature so that we can see his what face, right? Divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world because of love. So what does it mean? Lord do a work in my life and I'm waiting upon you, Lord. I'm waiting upon you. I know, Lord, the promise that you made to me, you will never ever fail. You will always keep your promise and therefore I will continue to work. I will continue to do the things that I'm supposed to do. See, waiting does not mean, as the pastor says, waiting does not mean not working. Okay. Waiting does not mean not working. What does waiting actually mean? You have so much of faith in God, you will continue to do the things that he has asked you to do in spite or irrespective of the fact that you see results or no. 
That is, that is Zechariah. The Lord remembers means what? That is faith. You have spoken word and this is what you asked me to do. And until the promise comes to pass, I will keep on doing this. Hebrews chapter 6. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 6. Verses 9 to 14. Okay. But beloved, <laughs> I love this. We are convinced of better things concerning you. You know, Hebrew is a chapter of the better. For the better. Okay. Better covenant, better promises, better resurrection, better, better, better. Okay. So, a better covenant. Alright. So, so let us, uh, better things concerning you, things that accompany salvation, though we are speaking in this way. For God is not unjust to forget. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. God is not unjust to forget your labor of love or your work of love, other translations, which you have shown towards his name in having ministered and are still continuing to minister to the saints. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so, so as to realize the full assurance of the hope until the end. So that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit their, what? Their promises. Because God is a what kind of a God? He is a covenant keeping God. Once he has made a specific promise to you, he, he will bring it to pass. But you know what you need to do? Lord, I am going to continue to do what I am supposed to do because I know that you will come, you will bring it to pass in my life. Therefore, verse 13, for when God had made a promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater than his, he swore by himself saying, I will, sh- what? Surely bless you and I will surely multiply you. And so having patiently waited, he obtained the promise because the God will never forget your labor of love. Again, Galatians chapter 6 verses 7. Do not be deceived. God is not. Okay, let, you, can, you can turn there. I'm going to read it. Okay. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this will also he reap. That also he will reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh, from, from the flesh will reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary in what? Doing good. For in due time you will reap if you not grow weary. So then while we have opportunity, let us go to all, do good to all people, especially to those who are of the household of faith. You know, one of the many temptations that we have, we look at a Christian brother and we look at a non-Christian brother. Both have need. Whom, do you, whom will you help? Christian brother. But you will say, Baba, non-Christians are much, much better than Christians. You may help them. No, no, no. God says, you know what? Help him. Okay. So continuously, this is a point, you know, this is, this God says, go, don't stop doing the things that you're supposed to do. Nothing is happening in my life, Lord. Turn to, uh, here, Psalm 77. It is coming to my mind. Psalm 77. <coughs> Psalm 77, please. Uh, I would like you to read, uh, uh, in your translation. If you have the NKJV, you can read from verses 7 to 9. 7 to 9. Will the Lord cast off forever? And then, will he be favorable no more? Will he be favorable no more? Question number one. Mm-hmm. He has, uh, has he, has his mercy ceased forever? Okay, second question. Has his promise failed forever more? Oh, has his promise failed forever? Do you have these questions? Ask for these questions. And he's not going to be a hypocrite. He's going to confess it. Okay, verse four. And then, verse four. Has God forgotten to be gracious? Ha, has God forgotten to be gracious? 
And after that, what do you have? Selah means pause. Just think about it. You know, in, you have to see the Hebrew music is always full of contemplation. You sing one stanza, don't go to the next until you understand this. Uh, for us, no, next chorus, next chorus. Uh, uh, okay, raise your hands, next chorus. No, 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 think. I'll play some music in the meantime. It's called interlude. Mm-hmm. You see, think. Has he forgotten Lord? So many days I'm doing this, this over and over and over. I'm playing for my, praying for my husband, praying for my child, praying for this, praying for a job, praying for this. I'm doing all the things. Have you forgotten? That's what Esau is asking. You know what God says? I have not forgotten. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 6. I love this. Beautiful. <laughs> Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 6. <laughs> Sow your seed in the morning. Sow your seed in the morning. And in the evening, yeah. let your hands not be idle. Okay, sow your seed in the morning. And in the evening, let your not your hands not be idle, for you do not know whether whether morning or evening sowing will succeed. My translation will say, or whether both of them will alike do good. I, I remember pastor telling us, no, somebody came and asked him, why are you doing this pastor's conference? How many years? He showed him Ecclesiastes verse six, sowing the seed in the morning. I don't know which one will prosper. Or all will prosper, but I am going to sow because God asked me to sow. But you know, as I, I want us to look at one interesting thing. Sow your seed in the morning. What do we do in the morning? We go to work. In the evening, we relax. You know, what it tells me is this. You know how you confess that the Lord remembers how you use your idle time. Holidays ko kaista istamal karte. Usko dekte. Okay, doctor <laughs> You see, how do you use your time which is idle? Internet pe jaake, friends pe friends or no. See, that is very important. I remember, no, Ambe days. You know Ambe, no? The only way. <laughs> the American way. Baba! Thank you, Jesus. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say? Morning to evening you work and in the evening you come and watch TV. Those four hours you work. That idle time, give it to the business. That is how people make money. What about you and me? You know, that is the reason why how do you confess that the Lord remembers when you do things, when you give your precious idle time in spite of spending it upon yourselves unto the Lord and say, Lord, even in the evening I will not be idle. I will continue to sow. If I'm not working in the vineyard, I'll be working on the word. If I'm not out in the ministry, I'll be studying the word. Redeem the time. For the days are what you do with your free time, Baba. Both, every one of us has free time. And one of the things I have come after ministry, there is no free time because in my mind, I'm always thinking. Mind is a factory now. It is given over. Thinking, thinking, thinking. No free time. In your idle time, what you're doing. It'll define. That is what you do, you know. You continue to do it and say, Lord, I know you remember. Lord, how do you know I, I, that, that, how do you, how do I know that you remember? Because Lord, in my idle time, I'm sowing. I'm sowing. Okay. So, as I said, 
promises waiting upon the Lord does not mean that you are uh, doing nothing. Okay, that is something. So why, why, why is this important? We live in a generation where people are so impatient and they give up easily. problem Not getting it. Solution manual. It is a day of solution manual, Baba. My my day is to get one solution. Uh, my professor used to say, go under the banyan tree and do tapasya. <laughs> I am not giving you the solution. PRK Rao. Baba. Sir, I am not getting, can I get the solution? Can I send hint? No hint. So what do I do? Go under the banyan tree. Triple ID me this one banyan tree. Sit under the banyan tree and do tapasya. No solution. But you know what? We have living in an age of solution manuals. Google. Google Tali. <laughs> if you don't know anything, ask Google. He will give you the solution. Because people give up on life so easily. You know, it's called, uh, they give up on life so easily. This is the latest euthanasia. You know what euthanasia is, right? Uh, it's called assisting suicide. Assist suicide. Or you want to die? Or you, why? I'm not able to overcome my problems. How old are you? 17 years old. 17 year old lady in Netherlands. Give up on life. So what, do, what does he go to the order? Please kill me. They are giving up on life. You are living in a day where you want death also instantly. Your way. Without pain. There you have a generation of Christians who will say, Lord, I will not give up. I will not give up. Because you promised. Don't give up. Fighting sin in your life. You know why? Because he promised. Sin will not have dominion over you. Because you are not, no longer living under the law but under grace. Don't fight. Don't give up fighting sin. Boy, I'm telling you. Shiva was, used to tell me, Vijay, even if you fall a million times, get up on the million and first time and go back to God. Don't give up praying for your unsaved loved ones. Don't give up on your children when you don't see any fruit in their lives. Don't just speak and say, I paid. Okay. So you have Jehaziah, who is the son of Zechariah. And who is the son of Benaniah. Okay. What does Benaniah mean? How do you get a Zechariah? Because he is a fruit of the work of Benaniah. What is Benaniah mean? He is the one who is being built up by God. Built up by Yahweh. See, if you surrender to God, can anybody, everybody be built up by God? Yeah. You don't have to be as, uh, having special talents or... God can give anything to you. I remember um, Pastor was talking about, right? Uh, God can give you the question paper, etc., etc. I know my friend as Ajay. A guy from Telugu medium. Okay. He came into engineering. He could not understand any of his subjects. Struggling, struggling. In his dreams, the Lord used to teach him. And he went to the exam and he looked at the question paper. He was not able to understand anything. And he said, Lord, please help me. Hardworking guy. You know, you know what the Lord, Lord did? The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. He's not lying. My wife saw him. Okay, I know him that fellow. I know I worked with him. Grabbed hold of his hand and started writing the answers for him. He graduated B.Tech with 77%. He 
he got a seat in mtech in electronics in uh, hcu graduated with a gold medal now what is he doing full time minister say god can do so anybody can be built up so don't need special talent okay i had a degree our house from ledan okay so why is a product of being built up by god a man who is being built up by god and anybody if you surrender to god will build you up but in order to be built up by god you have to do, you have to surrender to two things in your life okay so, so we know this very well psalm 127 what does it say and unless the lord builds so ultimately the lord has to build so in order for the lord to build he does two things first turn to ephesians chapter 2 verses 18 to 22 somebody can read it in your bible any translation is okay any translation is okay <clears throat> ephesians chapter 2 verses 18 to 22 <clears throat> five verses <clears throat> for through him for through by through him yes we would have access by one spirit one spirit uh, to the father now therefore now therefore Yes, in the Commonwealth. And are being built upon the foundations of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, and then go on. All the building fitly framed together. Groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. in whom you are also built at how together okay yes yeah a habitation of god through the spirit so first of all you need to understand the two works there is a work which god is doing privately with us and there's a work that god does corporately for us now this is it's a pattern in the old testament where the temple was being built now when the temple was being built it was being built, built not with 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 bricks but with what with stone now at the temple site there is no sound of any tool full quiet ever you know where are the stones being built they are being built in the cut in the quandary far away from the temple and each stone is being done separately okay shaped separately so what does it mean build up has two parts first build up is where god has secret dealings with you personal secret dealings quietly nobody should be ever nobody is ever and nobody should be made aware it's a personal dealing that god is doing with your life silent no thunder no lightning no earthquake it is a still small voice who can hear the still small voice no not your neighbor only you because god will speak specifically to you he will separate you from the crowd and he's doing a specific work in your life which is absolutely unique to you so when you are going through that don't sound the alarm no like pastor sister says don't go through the to the phone but go through the throne and don't just speak up you're going through this problem uh, you know what is happening in my life what is happening in your life this is what is happening it is unique to you baba i'm not saying we should not share one another's burdens not all. but this is a problem in christendom where instead of going to god asking lord what are you teaching me through this first of all you'll go and discuss mera zindagi mein kya ho raha hai ha mera zindagi mein so raha hai 
ये सब है ये ऐसा है हस्बैंड ऐसा है वाइफ ऐसा है चिल्ड्रन ऐसा है जॉब ऐसा है ऐसा 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 है तेरे जिंदगी में क्या है तेरा हस्बैंड कैसा है तेरा वाइफ कैसा है तेरा चिल्ड्रन कैसा है शॉट अप लेट लेट गॉड डू अ सीक्रेट वर्क इन योर लाइफ नो हट्स अ फर्स्ट थिंग देर आर सडन अदर थिंग्स दैट यू कैन डिस्कस लॉर्ड आई एम गोइंग थ्रू आई एम सिंगिंग कन्फेस योर फॉल्ट टू दैट यू कैन डू दैट वी विल नॉट कन्फेस यू विल कन्फेस आर प्रॉब्लम टू वन अनदर नॉट आर फॉल्ट टू वन अनदर So there's a secret working of God. Where secret dealings? Do you have secret dealings of God in your life? Where only you, not even pastor, is aware. The pastor will say something, but I know. Ni nanta durmar gunda nagbils. I know. See, everybody may have the same impression about you, but you know what you are truly. Okay. That is the reason the spirit of the man is like the land which searches the deep. That is the deep work that God has to do in every one of our lives. And one of the things that most Christians do, they don't have silent dealings with God. They only have corporate dealings, which is called problem discussion, brainstorming sessions. After the after the session, the brain is stormed. <laughs> Nothing has happened. Everything has fallen apart. Baba. Hmm? Understand what I'm talking about. Now have secret dealings. Develop those that habit of communion with God. Okay. So turn to. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so so First Peter chapter two verses four to six, and then we'll go to the next. First Peter chapter two verses four to six. <clears throat> you know this verse very well, but anyways, we will read it. Okay. First uh, Kings chapter six verse seven is that place where you know the the stones are not being made of the temple or being made of the quarry. And uh, second, First Peter chapter two verses uh, four to six. Yes, Peter, read it. Don't be ashamed. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh huh. Chosen of God and precious. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Or or as living stones are being built up into a what? Into a spiritual, what kind of a house are we? A spiritual house, yes. A holy priesthood, spiritual sacrifices, acceptable to God, as it is written through Jesus Christ, as it is written. Uh huh. And whoever believes on me shall not be put to shame or be confounded. Okay. So we all stones, living stones, and we all have to have that living relationship with God one on one. And then, of course, we are also being built up together. Therefore, we speak the truth with love to one another. And you know what? Every time we speak to one another, ask God, Lord, let us sing to one another. Speak to one another. How? With songs and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Let the Word of Christ so richly dwell in you. So that when I speak to the other person, there is edification, there is building up of the other person. When somebody comes to me, my ambition is when he comes to me, Lord, he has to be encouraged. God, give me the spirit of encouragement. Make me a Barnabas, in other words, in that sense. You see, after you finish conversation with Vijay Thakota or Peter, are Baba, life may both hope again, everybody. I want to do this. This can be done. I have hope now. Oh, what is going to happen to me? Nah, that is not building up for uh, each other. 
So in order to be built up, you should, this is a son of Benaniah, right? Then he has to be a son of J-I-E-L, J-I-E-E-L. So what does J-I-E-L mean? Uh, turn to, uh, again, uh, it's, it means God sweeps away. In order to build up something like that, God has to jhadu marna. What should he sweep away is a question. Turn to Isaiah chapter 28, okay, verses 16 and 17. What did we, what is the last verse we read, Peter? First Peter chapter 2 verse 4 and 6. First Peter chapter 4 verse 6. Now this is a continuation, okay? Now Isaiah chapter uh, 28 verse 16. Read it, Peter. <clears throat> you are the man with the KJV. Verses, yes, sister, you can also read. Chapter, uh, Isaiah chapter 28 verse 16 onwards. 16 and 17. Uh-huh. Ah, you see the continuation there, over there? Yeah, uh-huh. Mm. A, stone. a stone. A precious cornerstone. A, precious cornerstone. a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste or shall not be put to shame. And then? Ah, judgment also I will lay to the line. And righteousness to the plummet. And then? Ah, what I will sweep away? The refuge of life. All the lies that you have built upon your life, you have built, you have built your life upon, those things have to be swept off. The Lord sweeps away all those lies from your heart, from your life. And one of the most important things, as I keep on saying, right, the most stubborn spirit is the lying spirit. The refuge of lies. The refuge means it's a fortress. You made for yourself a fortress of lies. Cannot get through to you. I am not able to get through to Vijay Baba. Why? There's a fortress of lies. Deceit, pretension, hypocrisy. So in order to do that, what should I do? I should succumb to the truth or submit to the truth, right? I should allow God to dig what? Deeper. Luke's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 46 and 49. 46 to 49. <clears throat> Luke's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 46 to 49. <clears throat> yes. And, and why call ye me Lord, 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 yes. And do not the things which I say. Ah. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my saying. Yes. And doeth them. Mm-hmm. I will show you, I will show you to whom he is like. Okay, what is he like? He is like a man. He is building, right? Yeah, he is building a house. Ah, before he is doing a building, what is he doing? He is digging deep. You know, whenever we have conversations, uh, you know, there are deep-rooted issues, they say, you know. Deal with the deep-rooted issues. Issue ko deal mat, don't circumvent the issue. Deal with the issue. Confront the issue. Speak it out. Call it what it is. Hopefully, with the help of a guide who is understanding. Call it what it is. Who will, who will help you through the process of deliverance. Because many deliverances don't happen because there's a refuge of lies. There's a fortress. The, the, the real problem has not been even talked about. Oh, I'm having a stomachache. Okay, let us take an stomachache problem. Something else could have been there. Deal with that. Do a diagnosis. Matthew chapter 3 verses 7 to 10. 
Matthew chapter 3 verses 7 to 10. Yes. What does it say? Ah, the Pharisees who have all kinds of pretensions, pretensions. They are all hypocrites, right? Yeah, read on. Yeah. He said what? Generation of vipers be from the wraths to come, bring forth repentance that we have Abraham to our father. Yes. Mm-hmm. Children to Abraham, but now, the axe has been laid to the root. Go to the root of the problem. Okay, don't just pluck the fruit, but go to the root. So, see, this is all hard work. Doesn't happen with a itla 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 magic wand yengana ipo itla. This is hard work. Okay, godliness is hard work. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 9 to 12 maybe. I mean, we know this verse very well but in this context, deal with lies. Ask the word of God, replace the lies in your heart with the word of God. Look at what it says. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 9 to 12. Thessalonians. Yes. What does it say? Mm-hmm. Whose coming is after the of Satan. Yes. Yes. Ah, they did not receive the love. They did not receive the truth in their life. So the entire structure is built upon lies. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 9 to 11, finally. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 9 to 11. Several other verses I just want to give you. Isaiah chapter 30 verses 9 to 11. Yeah, somebody can read it quickly. That this is the rebellious people. Mm-hmm. Lying children, they will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, do not see please, and to the prophets, do not prophesy please, do not prophesy right things, yeah, speak unto us smooth things, prophesy, lies, other translations, okay, so, have this Lord confront truth in my life. Then finally, all this is possible because you have a son of Mat- you're a son of Mataniah. What does Mataniah mean? Is a gift of God. No, who is the gift of God, Baba? Second Corinthians chapter nine verse fifteen. Everybody should know this. Second Corinthians chapter nine verse fifteen. Uh, I'll finish this with the last two. Ah, thanks be unto God for this unspeakable gift. Who is this unspeakable gift? Jesus himself. Thanks be to God for this unspeakable gift. The person of Jesus and then again, Acts chapter 2 verse 38. All this is possible because of the work of the work of Jesus on the cross and Acts chapter 2 verse 38. Mm-hmm. Yes. Every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness of sins. Yes. Ah, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What is the gift of the Holy Spirit? What is it? So you have two gifts. You have the person of Jesus, the work of Jesus on the cross, and the work of the Spirit in your lives. 
Two things are important. Both these things come together. Turn with me to Galatians, please. Galatians. Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. Galatians, Romans, Galatians chapter 4. Let, keep, let me show you that verse. Galatians chapter 4. Uh, yes. Turn to Galatians chapter 4 verses, uh, verses uh, 6 and 7. Mm-hmm. God sent out the spirit. Ah, ah, sorry, sorry. Uh, uh, verse four, four onwards. Okay, first, first four. God sent out His Son. That is the first gift. Yeah. Born to a woman, born under the law. Who are under the law? Okay, so first God sent His Son, the first gift, so that you can He can redeem us for all those who are under the law, so that we might redeem, receive the adoption as sons. And then, and now next one. And then, and because you are his children, what did God send? God sent out the spirit. By which you can cry out? Abba Fathers. You see, you have two gifts. The work of redemption, which is the work of Jesus on the cross. That's the first gift. The gift of salvation. The gift of repentance. And the second gift, the work of the spirit and which now you can call him what? Daddy. Abba Father. All this is possible because of these two works in our lives. Alright? Okay? Finally, all these who are, are the son of who? The son of Asaph. And who is Asaph? He is a, a one who gathers, right? He is a, the word Asaph means gatherer, by the way. <laughs> okay, Asaph means gatherer. Okay. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 verses 10 and 11. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 10 and 11. This is what the work of Jesus on cross, yeah, what, what Jesus does for us. What is this word? Which translation is that? N-H-E. Okay, sorry. Uh, can you read this KJV, please? It's much more easier. Dispensation of, the of time. Mm. He might gather, together. gather together in one. Hallelujah. All things in Christ. That's the work of gathering that God is doing. Gather together in one. Okay. Okay, gather together. So what does Jesus say? Those who are for me, those who are for, I mean, those who are not for me are against me, and those who do not gather together with me, what is he doing? The enemy does the work of scattering, you know, but what God, God does, he does the work of gathering. It's a result of the work of gathering in our lives. That's the reason why we are gathered together as one. That's the work of Jesus. It's the work of Jesus. And, you know, Asaph is also called something very interesting. You know what it says? Second Chronicles chapter 29 verse 30. 29, 30, easy to remember. 29 after 29 comes what? 30. Second Chronicles 29, 30. Look at what it says. What about Asaph? Yeah. Ah, kya baat hai. <laughs> read that, read that, read that verse, please. Uh-huh. Mm. David, the psalmist, and Bah. Esaph is called the what? Ultimately the seer. You know, Esaph was a worship leader in David's time. You know, not every worship leader is a seer. <laughs> there are very few worship leaders who actually have the gift of prophecy, who are able to see. What does seeing mean? Seeing means not seeing the future. Looking at life the way God looks at it. That is seeing. Having the sight or the mind or the vision of God. That is seeing. 
all this is possible and you know it can be done with anybody jahaziel anybody can be a jahaziel anybody i told you right why how do i know it because five coordinates six coordinates are mentioned to to do find out that fellow we need to know it's like this no i am the least in my tri- i am of the least of the tribes in the least of the tribes i am the least of the family in the least of the family i am the least in the house in the least in the house i have the least profession who is that fellow gideon it is like that and anybody can be that and god delights in doing things to those people so that who gets the glory god gets the glory god can use anybody so the point is are you willing to be a jaziel on whom the spirit of the lord can come and prophesy okay so this evening let us surrender to his work in our lives and say lord i am available i will not grow weary in doing good you know, don't stop you know, so, so many people stop doing things that they was they were doing no like uh, they don't see things happening in their life they stop coming to church they get too busy for god no don't do that say lord i'll continue to do my morning time and my idle time i will continue to sow sow in the spirit so that i will prove to you lord that i am faithful i'm faithful knowing i'm telling you lord that i know that you remember that you'll never forget that you are not a god who will lie you're not a man who lies father this evening oh lord we just surrender ourselves oh lord lord what a hope we have oh lord that you can use anybody and lord we want to be that those people nobody is in this world oh lord lord even this place that you have given to us oh lord when people look at this gathering they will look at it and say what a, what kind of a gathering is this is such a in the eyes of the world it looks so foolish then we confess to them where are you going we are going to alwal to this place in this corner of a room to hear from god what a foolish thing in the sight of the world when people in the world make pilgrimages to go to big big temples and edifices but lord you are a god who meets us in those simple simple places and lord we do not want to take that for granted oh lord in our lives we want to honor you o lord in the little little things in our lives so that you can that because you promised to lord that you're not a respecter of persons o lord and we believe o lord we believe in these in these coming days in this 12th year even as we have entered as a church o lord your government will be established and lord many of us will be jehaziels o lord nobody's in this world who have no who have to be really be sorted out to know to be known oh lord we want to be such people oh lord not nobody is in this world but who being used by god and who god mighty things for god thank you father come and all of us into your hands continue to work Amen. in our lives we thank you we praise you in jesus name amen, amen.